Welcome to A Big Knowledge of Everything. I'm Rosie. I'm Hope. And we're talking about therapy today. Therapy! Pew, 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 pew. This is literally my life's work. I mean, not, not 100%. Yeah. There's other stuff I've done. But right now, this is my life's work. Uh, yeah. So both Rosie and I have been to much therapy and seen... I, I've seen, I would say, two therapists. What about you? I've just seen the one therapist. You just saw one? And yeah, I just saw the one therapist. And I like I'm always open to going again if it's it's necessary. But yeah, mm-hmm. I saw the, the one therapist until it got to be like long enough in between our appointments that she called me and she was like, Hey, so do you feel like maybe this is something that you like don't need right now anymore? <laughs> I was like, you know I think so like I think I think I'm good you know yeah we had this like this nice talk about it and she's like okay so I think we're gonna we're gonna discontinue therapy at least for the time being then and yeah yeah and I think good but it was like I I had therapy that was like helping me set up good habits and helping me like figure out how like the ways that I was fucking my own life up and stuff like that (laughs) and like (laughs) how to deal with things I had therapy enough to like to get me to see um like a, pr- a prescriber because like the person who gave me therapy couldn't prescribe right. the medicine that I was on and um so I had like that long enough for her to get me to see someone to to start doing that and to have been on it for a while and know how it was working out and and then after a while it kind of came to a natural conclusion and uh yeah yeah and that was good but I'm always I always open to going back I, I thought at the beginning I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw this out there and in this now because it's been long enough I am pregnant so. <gasps> oh we're doing it now <laughs> oh, yeah I think the therapy wouldn't be nice to do it actually um you know because it's a nice warm fuzzy thing I have known <laughs> but, uh, this for months yeah, she's but every time for a while <laughs> every time she reminds me I get emotional I'm like oh my god Rosie's having a baby but she was down yeah. visiting. We went to the ocean and she went, look, baby, it's the ocean. And I about lost it. I was like, oh my God, this is so precious. Rosie's pregnant. Yay. And, oh. and in the, the kind of early stages of pregnancy, my hormones were, were playing some dirty tricks on me. And I definitely got to a point where like, I, I w- wasn't feeling that great. And Chris and I talked about me possibly going back to therapy, but then but then things evened out towards the second trimester. And so I didn't really get around to it. And now I feel okay. So, you know, I can't believe you just- that's good. But I, but I did think about it at that point. <laughs> you just dropping truth bombs on our listeners. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's, it's, it's been a, it's been a while. And I'm into my second trimester. Um, I'm yes. more than halfway through now. Um, yes. I wasn't going to say it until a Can while. I- and I'll also I'll make sure that we like put this on the internet, like, as we're planning to do before I put the episode out. Yeah, she uh, hasn't told the internet yet. So this is the first yeah. time the internet's well, gonna find we've out. Told, we've told like our families, extended families, that kind of stuff. And a lot of our friends know, but we haven't like put it on Facebook. But we do have a lot blast. of friends who we communicate with via Facebook. So we should probably put it out you there. You are, uh, I think you're gonna have an Aquarius baby, it looks like, according to the dates. I think it's like possibly custody i don't know it's February well, so aquarius is january 21 through february 18th oh okay so i so think you're pretty yeah. solidly in aquarius yeah. it looks like probably or you're gonna have a very late capricorn <laughs> <laughs> i don't think so 
Oh my god, if you do that though, that matches Buffy. In one episode, she goes, I'm a Capricorn on the cusp of Aquarius. <laughs> so yay! Rosie's yeah. pregnant. We'll probably yeah. do a whole Yeah. <laughs> you know what I I... <laughs> the guy from Knocked Up and E when he's like, We're gonna do a whole pregnancy segment, mommy month. <laughs> Exclamation, <laughs> yeah I, I do think we should do an episode about pregnancy probably <gasps> an episode about childbirth whenever that happens that'll be like a fun gross episode I'm, I'm sure. so mad because I just had a friend come down who was a doula and we could have had a doula come on and talk about that well we, we still could because the thing is like she, she's down she just came down where you are but she actually lives where I am so. it's true that's yeah. true We'll, we'll talk we could about always it. have her on and talk about oh it. Oh my anyway. God, Rosie's having anyway. a baby. Okay, can we tell yeah. the stuff? We'll, we'll tell pregnancy stuff later. We have to talk about yeah. therapy. <laughs> Therapy's very important. Therapy. I, I just wanted to put that in there because that was like the the time since I've stopped therapy, the time when I really thought about going back was early in pregnancy because mm-hmm. of how my hormones were doing. And I was really happy to have, I was really ha- happy to like have that that I had already done. Yeah. because then I knew that I had a tool that I hadn't yet used that would probably help me and so it was nice to know that that was there even though I didn't end up uh, actually doing it it was it was really helpful to know that that was an option it's a nice channel to keep open yeah you don't have to always close it permanently yeah. it can be something you come back to I want the listeners to know I am not pregnant that's not happening <laughs> Rosie is having baby yeah. it's not my baby unfortunately okay no, it's, so it's, it's my husband's which is probably the way <laughs> okay so <laughs> here here's the thing with therapy there's a lot of stigma around it and it, there's a lot of misinformation out there about what it looks like and I feel like a lot of what I'm also studying to be a therapist I know we've said this before but I'm studying to be a oh, I, I think we have but yeah <laughs> I think they know <laughs> I'm studying to become a social worker, which I didn't understand everything a social worker is able to do, but one of them is mental health counseling. So um, I think a lot of what my job will entail is just telling people, like just showing them that therapy isn't what they think it is or what they have been told it is. And that's kind of what the crux Mm -hmm. of this episode is. It's going to be bad examples of therapy and media because that's a lot of where people's ideas of of it comes from right (laughs) and I think a lot of it is also mandated therapy when you're forced to go and you can't that that's it might help there's always a chance that it's going to help however um, um, just to interject my my dad he wasn't um, a social worker or a therapist in that same vein but he uh, was a chemical dependency counselor Mm -hmm. um, so a drug counselor in layman's terms um, and he uh, he counseled people who had like addiction issues who were recovering addicts who maybe weren't in recovery yet who had been mandated to come to him and so it was to help them facilitate their recovery that kind of stuff and he actually did like he worked in prisons and stuff he worked in places where people were forced to go to him so yeah um, I I did see a lot and like granted you know you can't it's addiction is a really tough thing so I'm sure a lot of people that saw him did end up relapsing 
um, particularly like out of prison because that's hard when you don't have that support. But he also did have a lot of people who remembered him after the fact and were really grateful that they had like had to go see him because that really helped. So I think mandated therapy can help sometimes, but I think it really depends on the person mm-hmm. getting the therapy and then also the person giving the therapy. Yes. So. Yes. So I'm going to talk about some movies and TV shows. I'm trying to cover a broad scope of what people watch. Um, I know about these ones because I've seen them myself, but if you guys have other examples that you would want us to talk about that maybe we haven't seen. Um, so the first, I'm going to talk about two very quickly, and then we're going to get deeper into the other ones. So there's a movie that my parents like sat me down to watch. Like, this is funny. We used to like watch this movie all the time. And it's called mm-hmm. There's Something About Mary. This movie did not age well. <laughs> this is not a good movie. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen There's Something About Mary in like 15 years. It's a guy who that. hires a PI to see what his high school crush is up to. And then the mm-hmm. PI ends up stalking the girl. Like, yeah. th- th- there's a lot to unpack. I didn't even finish it because I was like, I- this is a bad movie. I don't like this. But one of the first things... And, and for anyone who doesn't, who, like, maybe can remember, like, the pop culture reference when, uh, if you've seen any pictures of uh, Cameron Diaz with her hair sticking straight up, there's a really gross reason for that, and that's in that movie. Gross. So, <laughs> um, one of the first times you meet one of the adult characters is he's in a classic what looks like a therapy office where it's like the rich mahogany and leather and like an old guy's office with, with a lot of books <laughs> and like he's in a big comfy chair facing the wall and you see the therapist like creeping back in and sitting down mm-hmm. which is not what you do in therapy if they're leaving or telling you to fit like no that's a bad example of therapy and then he's like rolling his yeah. eyes at what the people are saying additionally a lot of what these are going to come down to is moving plot along you gotta remember you're watching a movie or a show you're watching a story happen that has to be confined to a certain amount of time so therapy takes a long time people set up patterns they get into you know routines in their life stuff happens to them it takes a while to undo what you already do like it's a whole process so of course these are coming out like this because there's only mm-hmm. so much time to show therapy working, you know? Um, yeah, it's so really that's not great. <laughs> but also, like, it's not a great movie. It didn't age well, and that seemed unnecessary to me. There's other ways to convey that information, TBH. And then, so <laughs> there's a show called Letter Kenny that our group in Erie really liked watching. <laughs> and um, it's about... Figure it out. Figure figured it out. Uh, I literally had a letter Kenny reference in my wedding. So, <laughs> um, so there's, it's a small rural town in Canada, not to be confused with Shit's Creek, but it's about the Hicks and the docks and the skids. And it's, it's funny. I'm not selling it. However. So this one guy's trying to, he has a matchmaker who's trying to set him up on dates. He goes on a date with a therapist, Luna, not right now. And so she greets him. She goes, hello, this is my name. I'm a therapist and, or I'm a psychologist and a feminist. How does that make you feel? And it's like, all right. And then they sit down, they start talking and she goes, he crosses his arms. Are you aware of the psychology behind that? Like people think therapists are always doing therapy. That's literally against 
HIPAA regulations. We are not allowed to do that shit. Also, when you leave work, don't you want to leave work? Yeah, (laughs) like this. The, the parallel I would make to that is medical doctors, like going to a, a dinner party and everyone wants you to diagnose them. Like right. that would be irritating as shit. Like why it would be so annoying if you always felt the need to psychoanalyze everyone that you I, dated. I've literally like, someone has said to me, I told them what they do and they go, oh, do me. And I'm like, uh, no, no. I did this so I could start getting paid to do this. So. <laughs> Also, now it's a conflict of interest because I know you, so I can never see you. Sorry. There's so I'm speaking from a social work standpoint. There are many types of therapists, counselors, you know, mental health professionals. um, But social workers have a whole code of ethics that I have to like memorize. And a lot of it has to do with conflict of interest. It says don't sleep with your patients. And it's Mm -hmm. a very, it's values based and it's client forward. So we are taking all the keys from you. We're leading you down the path that you're trying to forge for yourself. We're basically, it going to social work school is like watching how a magic trick unfolds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry. My my cats just both ran into the room and (laughs) I calmed down guys. (laughs) After being in therapy and like, thinking about mental health and like reading all this stuff it's like watching what happens behind the curtain and it it really feels like magic sometimes which sounds so corny but at the same <laughs> time I think that means I'm in the right profession <laughs> yeah so all right so in the Falcon and Winter Soldier which a lot of people have watched um I everyone knows I'm a Marvel stan I love Marvel I will watch everything they put out however uh so Oh, there's a character who is at like over a hundred years old. He was used as a pawn for the bad guys and he was brainwashed and he had to kill a lot of people over like a hundred years. He was yeah. Captain America's best friend. His name is Bucky. So he has just recently gotten a pardon. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is so well done. It's such a good show for so many <laughs> reasons. I literally have a quote from it up on my board here because I love it so much so he is in mandated therapy because the government said obviously this is a condition of your pardon because I guess he got pardoned but they're like you have to go to therapy and mandating therapy is tricky because it in theory it should help however if you force someone to go it's not going to be beneficial for them yeah. Um, so if, Bucky, it, is, I think the only way it would be beneficial is if they end up buying into it themselves. Like you, you really have to, you have to eventually want to be there. And like, I, I could see a situation in which someone didn't want to be there to begin with, but then eventually, like, they get to that point. But I think that that's probably pretty rare. I talk about this fairly frequently, where there's going to therapy and there's attending therapy. Like you can go to the gym or you can just show up at the gym you know like half of the battle is just getting in that chair and opening up some people just go and sit in the chair you know what I mean so Bucky is sitting in the chair (laughs) because he has to be there (laughs) and the thing about the therapist that they use is she's very brisk brusque she's harsh she's like really intense Mm -hmm. she's kind of in his face where she's like 
Um, and she's saying things. I think they're trying to give exposition. They're trying to tell the audience what's going on. So she's like, there's 10 people in your phone. You're ignoring Sam's text. I'm the only person you call. That's so sad. You're alone. You're a hundred years old. You have no history, no family. And it, it's like, it keeps switching back and forth between being bad and then being like, oh, that makes sense. Sad. Oh, that makes sense. Cause she goes, now that you've stopped fighting, what do you want? So she's asking him mm-hmm. to lead the conversation. And he said, I want peace. And she goes, bullshit. I was an excellent soldier. Peace is the quietest, most personal hell. So we understand that she was also in the army and now she's working for the army to give therapy. Do we see how that maybe isn't? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense because then people who have done it are more likely to trust somebody who's done it before too. Me trying to talk to them might not work because I've never been in battle. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, it's like, again, I'll go back to the uh, example of my dad. He like the reason that he mm-hmm. was good at being a drug counselor is because he was also a recovering addict. So, right. Right. So yeah. there's reasons why that would work and reasons it didn't. And this is in the first episode. So like, they're just trying to like give the groundwork, especially for people who haven't seen all of the Marvel movies. Right. Cause they have to tell people what's going on in a way that's not like, mm-hmm. and then Bucky and this, that, and the other thing, you know? But then later in the show, previously on Marvel Universe, <laughs> exactly. So there's another character, Sam. Sam and Bucky were both Captain America's best friends. Also, spoilers. I'm gonna be giving way spoilers in all of these. So <laughs> just, just so you know. So Bucky and Sam are there with the therapist who comes in and is like, "You've missed this many meetings. We're having a mandated one right now, so you don't go to jail." Which is good. And so they're talking. And she makes them face each other and like look into each other's eyes. And then she's like, what do you guys have to say to each other? And then they have a conversation and they're actually able to air their concerns and voice emotions about Steve and the shield and all the shit and like the decisions mm-hmm. that the one has made and they don't agree with. Um, and it's, it's, it starts and is over in about two minutes, which is very fast. Um, but the thing is like, they do get, forward they move forward emotionally and with the story um and we're able to see an insight into how both of them are feeling about the situation a little bit and the thing about sam in this show is he is the first time we meet him he's running a group for like a support group for vets because he was in the air force that's why him and steve become friends and we see him talking to characters sam knows what the fuck he's doing he does a better. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that when I was watching, I'm like, Sam's a better therapist than this lady is, because he like <laughs> he's able to de-escalate. He's like, I'm just trying to talk to you. I want to know what your side is. Let's see how we can work together to get through this. Like, I don't want to hurt you. Like all this stuff where you're like, wow, I bet that made that person feel a lot. And then oh, it's a really good show. It's a really good show. Everybody should watch it. <laughs> okay, so that's that. And then next, I'm going to talk about the movie Fifty Fifty which was in 2011. It had Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Seth Rogen and Anna Kendrick in it. Mm -hmm. So um, more spoilers. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is diagnosed with cancer where he has like 50-50 shot of living. And I think they give him a therapist to go to in the hospital. And it's Anna Kendrick like 10 years ago. So she's probably like still in her 20s. And she's very, she looks... She's a baby face anyway. So she just yeah. didn't look like she was 17. Well, that's how he greets her. He goes, aren't you supposed to be wearing an earth tone sweater and be like 65? And she says she's 24. 
And he says, you seem a little young to be a doctor. And she goes, this is a training hospital. I'm working on my doctorate. So I think the thinking is you finish undergrad at 22 usually. And then we're assuming she spent two years getting a master's and then she's working on her doctorate. Now, somewhere in there, she would have training to talk to people. I don't think you go into your doctorate without having master's level training in like talking to people. He, she says that this is her third patient. I don't know if that lines up. That doesn't seem like it lines up, but you know. I mean, it could be that she graduated early if she was like a a youngster who graduated college at 21 or something. Right. So, um, or if her other patient just really didn't work out, I guess. <laughs> right. So they have like a rocky start, but then when she sits down, she goes, the doctor filled me in. This must be an incredible, difficult, incredibly difficult situation for you. How are you doing? So first off she goes, I'm aware of what's going on. That really sucks. And let's talk about it. So she's kind of already establishing a better relationship. That's how it should open. It should be like, I'm here for you. Like, we're just going to talk about stuff and it's going to be okay. Um, mm-hmm. He says he feels really calm and patient. She goes, that's really common for patients like you. But then she like goes to into like how your body's in shock. And he goes, no, I think I just feel fine. She goes, no, this is your body's like reaction to it. And he goes, I, I think I'm just fine. And she's like not getting <laughs> it. My, uh, <laughs> yeah, shock is a major thing. I, this just like reminded me of a random story, but it's very short. My, um, <laughs> My great aunt, um, maybe 15 years ago, um, she, she's like in her 70s and she uh, fell off uh, a piece of equipment at the cranberry farm because, you know, she loves to, loves to work constantly mm-hmm. doing stuff. Uh, and, uh, but she fell off and she, she broke her hip actually, which they, they didn't quite realize what had happened at the time. They knew she was hurt. Um, and her son was like, okay, like you need to stay here. And she's like, no, no, I feel fine. And he's like, no, you're in shock. That's what people say when they're in shock. And she's like, no, I feel fine. And he was like, you need to stay here because you're in shock. (laughs) And that's exactly what people say. And then later on, they were like, yeah, he was totally right. You were just in shock. And so that's why you felt like you could probably get up when your hip was broken. That's your body's survival instinct. Yeah. Yeah. But then, so when he was like, no, I'm fine. And he gets a little agitated. She goes, okay, well, that's really, I'm really glad that you feel good. That's really great in this situation. And then later on in the movie, she's like, they're ending the session. She gives him a little like pat pat on the arm. And he's like, don't do that. That's weird. And she's like, what are you talking about? This is how, this is how doctors create trust and put their patients at ease. And he's like, this is clearly not putting me at ease. And then like, she like gets like upset that he doesn't appreciate it. And it, that's not, first <laughs> off, not. I'm not touching a patient. I'm not, I'm not touching a client unless they like ask for it. We actually just talked about this in class today. You only give hugs when you think it's going to serve the client. Not if you think it's like going to be a distraction or like you have to make sure you're not serving yourself as the therapist. Like it has to be like, good. Like it all has to be fine. And you know, but I'm not, I'm not physically touching anybody, but all the way back to consent. Here we are again. Do not do that. Don't consent, the constant theme of the podcast. Yeah, it's the theme of my life. Don't <laughs> touch people without consent. I don't know. I, unless you're like a doctor, I don't care what the fuck you do. Don't touch people. I mean, even with doctors, there's consent involved. Right. Um, so, and like the only situation in which it wouldn't be is if the person's unconscious and can't give their consent and they obviously need medical care, but that's not the situation here. This is included in marriages and relationships. You can't just assume that they're always down to be touched. 
Yep. That's a hill I will die on. So those were kind of examples about what different therapists have looked like in media. And now we're going to talk about what therapy sessions look like in media. Mm. Um, so there's a TV show, This Is Us, which I was watching because part of it's set in Pittsburgh. And I love yeah. uh, Milo Ventimiglia because he's Jess and I will love him till the day I die. Um, I just say I've only seen the first episode of that because I didn't really get into it. I, I have... I don't know. I, I had some bad feelings about some like fat phobia in it. And I was like, yeah. I don't like the way they're dealing with this. And so I stopped. Um, so I haven't seen most of it, but I, I, I the first episode. It, I watch TV to feel better about life. And whenever I'm getting invested in like, it, it's a very emotional show and mm-hmm. it, it, it touches on a really lot of good stuff, but like, I, I'm going to be watching cartoons because of what I do. I need to not be an adult for a little bit <laughs> at the end of the day. I want to watch Disney movies. (laughs) So in This Is Us, also again, spoilers, um, they're in a therapy session because, so there's triplets. So there's Kate, Kevin, and Randall. Kate and Kevin are the biological kids of Rebecca and Jack. They lost one of their kids, so they adopted a Black kid from the hospital. Mm -hmm. That's Randall. Um, So there's all the family trauma about growing up with that. The dad dies in a fire, but he had been sober for most of their life. And then he relapsed. And then I think he was like on the mend before he died. Mm -hmm. So now it's, you know, they're 36, 37. So it's 20 years after the dad has died. Kevin is in therapy because he is, uh, he went drunk driving with Randall's kid in the backseat. So the ther- they're at this, like, Kevin's an actor and he's kind of famous in the show. So they're at this, like, rehab for celebrities is what they mm-hmm. set it up as. So Kate, Kevin, and Rebecca, the mom, are all there. And so the therapist is Kevin's therapist. And then now they're having group family therapy together, mm-hmm. which could work. That could be a thing you do. Um, but it could not work because the therapist, Kevin's going to feel like the therapist needs to be on his side, you know, yeah. it might work better if they had gotten somebody else, just had someone else in there for the yeah. therapy session. Um, but this isn't my therapy. So people, I don't, don't, I don't know, stop eating the thing. Um, <laughs> sorry, don't some therapists focus on, on groups more than individuals. Is that, you can thing? do both. Okay. Yeah, I just wasn't sure about that, honestly. Whenever I did my group work class last year, they said that there can be, you do a group and then you can meet with some individually. So it can happen where you do both group and this, but I don't know how it would translate with family stuff because client needs to feel like you're on their side. And part of a good therapist is they challenge you gently and at your pace. They give Mm -hmm. you, they take small risks to try to get you to, go in the direction in the goals that you set out with them. So the therapist says to Rebecca, did you talk to your children about your husband being an addict? Did you warn them that they might have the gene? There's no addict gene. There's no gene you can point to. There are biopsychosocial dispositions that you can have there's markers there's there's ways like it does tend to run in families but that's not it's not down to like 
like oh look at this this is their makeup right. and this is this one gene like that's not really and granted that would have been an important thing for Rebecca to talk to her kids about oh yeah however she said my kids only got 17 years with their dad I didn't want to mar their memories by talking about all the bad shit that he did when he was on drugs and alcohol and then she said something ah, where she that's some bullshit sorry <laughs> I know a show like... I, okay, like just just having grown up with a dad who was an addict who like had a real checkered past, yeah, um, but who was clean and sober for my uh, mm-hmm. entire life. Um, what I will say is, it's all about framing. Like like you can talk about some really bad stuff that's happened in your lifetime to your children without making it reflect badly on you as a person because you can frame it as this is this is what happened these are the choices that i made that led to this thing happening this is how addiction works etc right. and this is how i work to get myself better and this is what i do now to give back and help people who are in the same position and like that's how it was always framed to me so like i that, that's kind of why i'm i like had a reaction to that is because <laughs> like, like I, I okay i get it but at the same time <laughs> like no <laughs> i agree if you have addiction, any disease you have in your family, you should tell your kids about because you could be sitting in the hospital saying, no, my family doesn't have that. And then you call your mom and she's like, oh no, just kidding. We do have that in the family. We just never told you about it. And Mm -hmm. not that that's happened, but yes, (laughs) those are important things that you need to be talking about. But she goes, she says something really important where she goes, you really do a disservice to my husband by calling him an addict because he was so much more than that. These are all true things. That's, I mean, yes. like the therapist Again, should be able to see that as well. Addict doesn't mean, yeah, it, it, it's, yeah. I, I guess I get that from the, the mom's point of view, but at the same time, like if she, if she made more of an effort to understand about addiction, I feel like then mm-hmm. she would understand that, that referring to someone as an addict doesn't take anything away from them. Like right. that, that's, it's just a true thing and it, it doesn't reflect badly on them. And especially like there's like recovering addicts never really stop calling themselves addicts because it's a part of their lives. Right. Um, And that's, you know, something that's fairly important. And there's a lot of stigmatized tone and language in how they're saying this, which is coming across in the story. So then um, and then they just get into a shouting match, which and I was like, I'm I'm done. I'm good. I want to watch this. (laughs) So um, in another part this is really important because like I said, Randall is a black man, grows up to be a black man. And he's a, in this one, these are all things I watched on YouTube because I stopped watching This Is Us, but I knew this was a scene in it. Then this was a new scene that I hadn't um, watched where um, one of his black friends shows up at his house and he's like, hey, how's it going? And he's like, oh, I'm fine. You know, I like freaked out a little bit at work the other day, but like I run to cope with it and I'm usually fine. And he goes, have you thought about therapy? I've gone before and it's really helped me. And he was like, you've gone to therapy. And he was like, yeah, there's just some things you can't talk to your wife about. Like, and it doesn't always have to be heavy stuff. It can just be normal day-to-day stuff. Like it's, I could, I, he, and what he's doing for the character and there's a lot, not a lot of black people go to therapy in the way that white people do. 
because that's not I, I think in general people of color have less of a tendency yeah and, and part of it I, I think a major part of it is probably about access um but then yes. also the stigma surrounding it yes and that's what he says he goes we're not taught to talk we're not this isn't something that is natural for us to do but it has helped me I think it can help you too And you can see Randall's thinking about it. He's like, nah, I'm just going to keep running. I'm fine. You can see him like actively Mm -hmm. doing the feelings pushdowns. And I thought that was important because that's a good example of a good friend coming by and being like, yo, you don't seem like you're doing okay. Maybe you should think about this. And it's a risky thing to take because a lot of people can take it the wrong way. Hope, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> that's what hope did for me when I wasn't <laughs> several times when I like hadn't gone to therapy yet like that's what good friends do is they gently try to like help you out and make you realize it's okay it, it was hard for me it, I'm still I still hold that everybody should go to therapy when they're ready but uh, it was very hard for me to see a solution for anybody else whenever after I started going to therapy because I was like if you should go to therapy like it, it's fine like it, it fixes everything yeah. <laughs> but um that I wanted to point this out because I did think it was a good example of kind of how to approach that type of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a really difficult conversation to have. And, um, but good friends challenge each other. They want yeah. to help you be better. And if they see you not living your best life, then a good friend will step in and be like, Hey, maybe we don't have to do this. <laughs> um, and then, so Randall eventually does go to therapy. And again, this therapist like hit some stuff right on the head. And then the other stuff, I was like, this is just for story. Like they, <laughs> they're not doing this right. So he comes in and he's saying something. And then the therapist goes, is that what you think? Which is a good way for them to like, you're challenging them. Like, okay, say more, go deeper. What do you mean by that? Explain this to me. And then she says something like, I'm the same age, same race, same gender as your mom. Not a lot of black men seek me out as their therapist because she's a white lady. And she goes, maybe you're trying to use me to process what's happening with her and all the hurt that she's done to you. And it's like, you don't. And then in the next line, she says, I'm a therapist. I don't give advice. I offer observations and pose questions, which is exactly right. However, yeah. she just made a like blanket statement about what was happening with Randall instead of letting him get to that conclusion on his own. However, we don't have the time to air that on the TV. So they had to push it forward by having the therapist say that. Yeah, because it it takes much longer to be like, so why do you think you chose me as a therapist? You know, and like to actually Mm -hmm. kind of work through that. So yeah, that makes sense for the, yeah, yeah, in terms of the timing of the show, because it's not a show that's just about therapy. Right, unfortunately if we were watching characters actual therapy sessions it we would have to go to our own therapy for it because it'd be forever (laughs) so that was a good way of approaching it but not perfect (laughs) yeah so um the next one i'm going to talk about is on hill house which there's actually two examples um so nelly goes and sees what i think is Hill House, by the way, is a horror show. If that, I mean, it differentiates it from the other things that we've talked about. It's a, it it's, is it's terrifying. A show. <laughs> it is so yeah. scary. It's so good. Those characters have a lot to process. I need a lot of therapy, but Nellie's in therapy. So, um, 
And I think she's at a psychiatrist. So while we're on this, there's different types of therapists that you can go see. A life mm-hmm. coach is not a therapist. And some people call themselves counselors. Like when I was in college, I went to go see a counselor and it went kind of okay. But then I had a different therapy experience and I was like, oh, this went a lot better. But at the end yeah. of it, I was like about to graduate. And I was like, are you a therapist? And he was like, yeah, I'm a therapist. And I was like, you should call yourself that because going to see a counselor makes me feel like I'm going to see a guidance counselor. So there's that. Yeah. And, and also beware, um, beware of people who use, who use words that make it sound like they have credentials when they don't like Mm -hmm. Tony Robbins says that he gives therapy to people or he trains people in giving therapy he has no credentials whatsoever to do so it is all about what Tony Robbins thinks right which we've talked about in the episode one of the episodes about MLMs but like that's just an example just because someone says they're doing therapy doesn't necessarily mean it's good make sure they have the credentials make sure you're not just going to someone who's like who thinks they have all the answers who says (laughs) Make yeah. sure they have the receipts to back it up. Yeah, like and, <laughs> and a decent uh, a decent therapist who is qualified will have no problem whatsoever telling you, here are my qualifications. Exactly. Like they, they're used to their patients, like, you know, doubting the process and all of that. Mm-hmm. And they will tell you that in order to make you feel comfortable um, that you're seeing someone who knows what they're talking about. The therapist that I went to had all of her degrees in the room that we were meeting in, yeah. which made me feel yeah. like, oh, okay, she's good. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a lot of degrees. <laughs> I think that's actually something that a lot of like TV shows and movies do get right is that they'll have their degrees mm-hmm. hanging on the wall to show you like this is where I went to school. This is what I did. real quick talking about MLMs. Did you promote a Rachel Hollis podcast on our Instagram the other day? I yeah, okay yeah. So maintenance phase, which is um, it's like a, a wellness. It's like debunking shitty wellness. Basically, that's what uh-huh. they're all about. Um, but they they're fantastic. They do like. They do the things that are on different diets and different like wellness gurus, et cetera. Um, and they have what's turning out to be a two-part episode about Rachel Hollis. Um, oh, it's a about, I thought she was who on. thinks she has all the answers. She was not on there. No, that's no, why I was not, confused. Sorry. It was not her podcast. Um, uh, she was not on it. It is about her and it's debunking Got her it. stuff. So if anyone saw Got me put it. that up, I was not. I was not advertising for Rachel Hollis. I was advertising for maintenance phase because they <laughs> talk about how Rachel Hollis is bullshit. I was so confused. <laughs> and I was like, I'll just ask her about it. Cause yeah, I, it doesn't look like something she'd promote unless Rachel Fair Hollis enough. did a 180. But- no, no, I, I, I will say maintenance phase is one of my favorite uh, podcasts because they, they talk about a lot of like shitty wellness stuff and yeah. people giving terrible advice. That's not therapy and things like that. So yes. So, um, a social worker is somebody who's going to, their, the letters next to the name are going to be MSW, LCSW, LSW, which means like licensed social worker, licensed clinical social worker. We are not just people who take kids away from their parents or work for adoption. Social workers work in politics. They work in hospitals. They work in private practice. They do equestrian therapy. They do outdoor therapy. So there's a whole litany of things that I yeah. can do with my degree. It's a which is, lot more than yeah. I had realized until like a couple years ago when you started. Me too. Do it. <laughs> Me too. I started class and I was like, oh, this is uh, different. <laughs> but uh, it was good. 
uh, we cannot prescribe um, medicine. We can just uh, like give a referral to a doctor, be like, I talked to this person. If you'd like to talk to me, we can talk about like what they think would make sense. Like it's good for us to know what medicine works and how, what it does, but um, we cannot ourselves prescribe medicine. So that will fall to a psychiatrist or a psychologist and a psychiatrist is possibly like an MD, like your uh, primary care physician can subscribe generally like the more, I I guess this isn't the perfect way to say it, but like the more run of the mill things, like if you you know, like if you have some like easily manageable depression or anxiety or something like that, and there's, and there's like a very, like a basic commonly prescribed medicine, they can do that as well. I myself have been on, I I was on Lexapro and then I was on Wellbutrin and now I'm on nothing. So I got more run of the mill stuff, but we can, we can talk about meds once we finish up talking about uh, the TV. So Nellie, I think is at a psychiatrist because he keeps asking her about her medication. And she's like, I'm seeing the bent neck lady. The house is haunting me from far away. And he's like, why would you think that? Like, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of these therapists come across as like, well, you're just a crazy person. That, that doesn't exist. And like, that's not what a good therapist does. No. A good therapist should make you feel seen and validated yeah. not like yeah. you're a, a crazy a person will will be with you in your reality yes to figure out how to maybe either like break you out of that if your reality isn't actual reality if that makes people sense. don't go to therapy because they want things to stay the same they're looking yeah. to change whatever reality they have going on um and then i think the another character theo in the movie is a child psychologist she's got big ass degrees behind her and she said she was going to get her PhD yeah. in the show and she's she does wears the gloves yes yeah. so it's Theo since I've seen it. can like with her hands sense energy and she can like see what's happened in a place so she oh yeah makes us su- sorry I gotta watch the series again because I'm not doing so much <laughs> sorry go on so she uh visits she does a surprise home visit for one of her patients because she can't crack like what's going on with the kid and it's like she, it's starting to keep her up at night so she goes and visits the house and she's feeling around and there's this really disturbing scene where she figures out that the kid is being assaulted by the foster yeah. dad. And so she's in her car and she figures out it's the dad because she gives the dad a handshake and then she like puts two and two together and she's like, oh no. Um, so she's in her one of the most affecting scenes in the entire thing. It made like, me feel when she figures it out. It's even worse than like the ghost shit. Yeah, it it made me feel sick to my stomach, but it's so good. (laughs) And uh, so she's in the car and I guess she's calling CPS, Child Protective Services. She goes, I just know I don't have any evidence, but you need to come take this guy away. Like, she's like, I haven't been wrong before. So, you know, like, this is why Theo's doing what she does as a child psychologist is that she's helping these kids get out of these bad situations. But I think the only way she can do that is by touching like again like I said with touching the clients like especially with kids like that's not really a thing surprise house visits aren't really a thing however like we get an insight into what Theo's about and we get an insight into like the gift that she has um and just what she's doing with her own personal trauma so it is still moving it along 
but in a really effective way. Yeah, that's that. And then, so we're going to wrap up talking about the media section. Talking, I happened upon a clip from House and I clicked on it because Andre Brower is his therapist in the show who plays Holt. Oh my God, really? Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, Captain Holt. So I watched it and it ended up being like a really nice example of what good therapy looks like. Um, so House is in therapy and I think it's towards the end of the series because he's looking very old. <laughs> so, um, and if you know House, he's very mm-hmm. sarcastic he's very mean and he's in a lot of pain all the time so he's not a happy guy and so they're just sitting there yeah and it must have been near the end because I I've watched the first several seasons of house and I don't believe he goes to therapy during yes yeah. and if house is going to therapy the show's ending soon like because the whole show is about how house is like a crazy person mm-hmm. <laughs> and like you know is this brilliant yeah. doctor but he's a very bad at his interpersonal skills and he doesn't care so we see him in this, you know, very typical looking, yes, very typical looking office where they have like the fainting couch and like lots of books and nice pictures. And um, he goes, do you want me to talk about my childhood? And the guy goes, do you want to talk about your childhood? And he's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> and so therapist Captain Holt says some events are more relevant than others, but the only way to figure that out is to talk. So what would you like to talk about? what do you want? Like, why are you here? And House says, I want to get better, whatever that means, which is great. And the therapist is, he goes, you'd like to be happy. He says that to House. And then House goes again with the reflecting, yes, we're supposed (laughs) to reflect back at you. Like, we have to tell you your own words so you can hear how you sound. That's how you like figure out, that's how you get out of your own head is to hear your own words repeated back to you. It is a weird thing to get used to in therapy, but that is something that happens. Like, I, I think that the, the the weird thing that a lot of TV shows and movies do is, is people constantly saying, how does that make you feel? I don't think that is anywhere near as common to hear as to hear your own words said back to you. Or that's something that happens in therapy a lot. Why do you think that? Or why yeah. did you say it like that instead of like this? Because you're trying to get your nitpicking to get to the exact root of why things are happening the way they're happening. And then he goes, therapist Captain Holt says, that's an excellent goal. And then he gets up and goes and gets him some SSRIs, which is like, okay, that's not how that happens. They've said like four words to each other. They would not just give you, but again, we're moving. You don't get medicine like right away unless, unless you're, in crisis and if you've been assessed by probably multiple doctors and they have decided that you need something right now but yeah you you don't they're not going to give you Zoloft right off the bat (laughs) months to get Zoloft yes so again that was just moving the plot along and he goes oh we're already starting with drugs and the therapist says I don't think we should ignore any tools that could help which is really great yeah that is that's important Mm -hmm. and then house goes I don't want to change who I am and the therapist says, do you think you're going to lose your edge? Do you think you're going to stop making connections that other people can't see as a doctor? And he goes, I know this doesn't come naturally to you, but I want, you want my help, which means you need to trust me, which like mm-hmm. could have been done over many series of sessions. But again, we don't have that kind of time on TV, but I yeah. saw that and I was like, wow, it's a really nice representation of how therapy can go where it's like very calm. 
And he's like, we're going to do this how you want it. We're going to go at your pace. I'm meeting you where you're at. We're going to go on this journey with you leading the way. A therapist isn't going to tell you what to do. They're just going to tell you what's happening to you so you can see it a little bit better. So I started going to therapy in um, college. Are you, are, um, if you're done with your examples, I do have a couple of examples. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. Sorry. Um, the, <laughs> no, sorry. I, I just have two examples. I have a bad example and a good example. <laughs> uh, I do hope he's going to have a lot of examples. So the, the, the bad example, so it's, it's from a sitcom. Um, the sitcom's called Life in Pieces. Uh, if anyone's if anyone's watched Modern Family a lot, you might have your like recommendations that might come up there. It's on Amazon. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's a similar type of like sitcom. It's it's pretty white. I I wish it was more diverse. But anyway, that's beside mm-hmm. the point. Um, but it's uh it's about this family, and the reason it's called Life in Pieces is it's every episode is four shorts basically, like four mm-hmm. short little films. And it's all about this one family and each one focuses on the different people. Um, and the matriarch of the family, like the mom of all the adult kids is a, I don't know. I don't think she's a psychiatrist. She's either a therapist or a psychologist. Um, okay. But she, she sees people in her home, which is completely normal. That's totally fine. But the thing that's really bad about it is that she sees her kids in therapy. Like she, like they come in for therapy sessions no, with her when things no, are going No, that's not yeah. allowed. That's super against yeah. HIPAA. That's all, all kinds <laughs> that's, of. It's, it's <laughs> really not, really not okay. Um, yeah, but that's the thing in that one that really, every time I saw it, I was like, oh, stop it. I don't like that. Like, I don't like being mad at Diane Weiss, but every time I see it, I'm just like, I don't like it's just really irritating because you look at that and you're like, you're not a good therapist if you're trying to give your kids therapy. Like if you think that they need to see a therapist, send them to a therapist. Facilitate that by sending them to a therapist. Like, you know, there's a difference between like having a family discussion about something that's going on and like trying to deliver therapy to your children or other members of your family. Um, So that's something that like, if you see that, in a film or a television show, they don't know what they're talking about. That's not a thing. Isn't that should the, not happen. Isn't the mom in Get Out also a therapist? And that's how she gets everybody down to the. I think so. The the blank space or whatever. I can't, I can't remember. I think so. I, I think I, she, she was she like hypnotism. So maybe she is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, um, there, there's another just there's another just random example of that in the movie Garden State. Granted, I haven't seen that movie in a long time, so I can't speak to the rest of it or how, how it holds up. But I do remember them saying that the main character had gone to see his dad as a therapist and this other therapist is like, ooh, that's not a good thing. Yeah. And I was really glad they pointed that out in the film <laughs> because yes. that was a lot of what had fucked him up. Um, but that's that's not actually my second example. That was just a random thing. Um, my second <laughs> example is a good one. Um, and it's a show, I know you've only seen the first like half of the first episode so I'm not going to try not to give too many spoilers <laughs> because most of what I talk about is in the second season uh but it's the show Ted Lasso which you can um, for, for the sake of our viewers Brene Brown for the sake of our viewers you can give spoilers I'm, I'll be fine okay I, I don't think I have to give too many honestly I think I can talk about it in like a yeah in a way that's not too bad um <laughs> but uh so Brene Brown loves this show uh Ted Lasso which is 
a good jumping off point I think for there's a group of people who if you tell that to them they'll be like oh okay I'll put it on my list you know? she has her <laughs> she has her PhD in social work she's yeah. a social worker yeah so uh yeah she's uh I actually after I had seen the first season I heard I, I saw that uh Jason Sudeikis was on her podcast and I was like I'd like to see I'd like to listen to that and yeah. she she talked about how much she loved the show etc all this stuff and then later on, I found out that in the second season, the team was getting a therapist. Um, by the way, it's about a soccer team, mm-hmm. um, football, if you're from anywhere that's not the U.S. Um, <laughs> but the uh, in the second season, and I don't think this is because of Brene Brown. I think they had just been planning to do this anyway. But yeah. the second season, there's a therapist who comes in. And the reason she comes in is because they have, there's, one of the guys on the team who's normally really, really good, one of their top scorers, um, his game just gets completely destroyed because something traumatic happens to him and he's unable to get past it and he just like can't do things the way that he normally does. Right. And they're like, oh, this is really bad for our team. It's also really bad for him, clearly. So we're going to get him in to see a therapist. And so they get a therapist to come in. Um, her name's Sharon. And... Uh, she, so this is a thing that's not great about it, but I understand why they did it. Um, she basically helps him get back to being really good in like one session, which that's not how that works. No, um, but, um, given, given the thing that happened, it wasn't, I would say on the scale of trauma and I know you're not just like rate trauma, but it wasn't like, it, it wasn't something that I feel would be like a huge, huge trauma. I feel like it was a big enough thing to really mess him up, but it's not something that has to be lasting, I guess. Anyone who's seen the show, you'll understand it. But anyway, so he's he's feeling really good after this first uh, therapy session. Um, and then some of the other people on the team are like, hey, can I can I come and see you? Can I, is that a thing? Can I do that? Before you leave, like, because she's only there for a little bit. And I think the reason they do that also is to give her a reason that this character needs to stay. And so it pushes the story along. Right. However, that is what happens in real life. Yeah. One person goes to see a therapist. They're like, wow, they're doing a lot better. Maybe I should do that. Yeah. And then it's spider rubs out and other people want to see. So I think that, like, I think they did put too much in that first episode where they show her, but okay. they did it for a reason. It was to make it seem like, oh, she needs to stick around. Um, and so suddenly like a bunch of the guys on this football team are wanting to go talk to this therapist because you know she had helped this other guy so much and they're like okay well maybe like she could help me with this thing etc so they realize okay this is the thing that these guys want to have around that's doing them good so we're just going to hire her on and she's going to stay here for the length of the season (laughs) so she's there and I think one of the So there's two things about uh, her involvement in the show that I loved. Um, One is that the main character is the one who fights against her the most. And I like to see, I like to see the fact that there's someone who's super positive, happy all the time, whatever. And just my own pessimistic heart, when I see that, I'm like, you got some issues. There's something going on there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And and indeed, he's got some things going on and he eventually does decide he wants to go to therapy. But the thing I thought was really cool about it is he's not all in, even when he decides he wants to go. Yes. 
he gets there and he like at one point is like no I think this is bullshit he walks out like he's like he just gets to the point where he's like I can't I I don't I want to I'm be not here ready at the same time I don't want to be here and I don't I, I think that you know what you're doing yeah. isn't necessarily you know what people think it is etc like he's very suspicious and all that and I think that that's a really cool thing because I think a lot of people even if they decide oh I should get help I want to go to therapy they still have a hard time with it we so we missed the the <laughs> probably one of the more famous examples of therapy uh in Goodwill Hunting I'm trying to think it's actual therapy because he's yeah. like a psychology teacher and he just goes and sits in his office but that is a good yeah. example of what can happen and th- like especially mandated therapy people attend and yeah. just sit there for an hour that happens yeah. too and that's yeah yeah and in, and in Ted Lasso that's kind of like he gets to a point where he's like I have stuff going on that's like it's really affecting my life and I need help with it but I'm also really suspicious of you and they <laughs> they, they, they explain part of the reason he's so suspicious is because he has been to uh couples counseling before mm-hmm. and he, he felt like he was getting ganged up on in couples counseling and so he talks to his friend and he's like I, th- I think I feel badly about this because of my experiences before right and yeah and it's and it's really yeah it's really good but uh anyway so there's that and the other sorry my camera's I have my camera balanced on my microphone and it's <laughs> all precarious uh, but I didn't want it to be looking down on me because I felt like that was weird. Anyway, okay. so to go on, the other thing I really liked and to wrap this up was they let the therapist be a real person too. She's not just like an all-knowing, completely healthy, completely whole and like well-functioning person. You know, she has her own issues too. Um, they at one point they show her apartment and as you look around it becomes apparent that there's at least one big issue she's not dealing with which I think they're probably going to bring up later on yep and uh more importantly well or at least as importantly they have a scene where she is talking to her own therapist oh my god you never see in movies or tv shows (gasps) that's so nice yeah but therapists do Therapists do get the get involved in therapy, and a lot of the time, yeah. therapists are seeing their own therapist in order to do what they're doing. Yeah, and it's can you imagine? Yeah, dealing with everybody's shit all day, and then just being like, mm, "I'm fine. I'm gonna go home now." Yeah, I think so. And that's and that's a really important thing. And I realized when I saw that, I think I even said it to Chris as we were watching, and I was like, "You never see that. You never see that when you see a therapist or anything. You don't see them talking to their own therapist." But it was, right. she was having like a, just a call with her therapist where she was talking about actually how she was having issues dealing with this person who was, you know, really having an issue with being in therapy and all that. And, and also like the way that she talked about it, her therapist pointed out like, Hey, are you maybe like doing that thing that you do? You know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember exactly what the conversation was, but it was really nice to see that. So I'm, I am excited to see what they do with the therapist because they do allow her to be a complete human being who maybe also yes. has some issues yes so. uh therapists are humans too everybody's a work in progress mm-hmm. we are going to have tools to help you we don't know all the answers we're never going to have yeah. all the answers which is something i have to tell myself because i want to help everybody i want to have an answer for everything sometimes they just don't exist which really sucks 
Yeah. And um, and ultimately, at, at least thus far in the show, this therapist does get to a point where she has to have a conversation with, with this guy about like, I'm having a hard time because you're having a hard time. And yeah. like, it's okay to acknowledge this. And, you know, we need to figure out a way to move forward. Yeah. yeah. So I just, I mean, I started going to therapy because I was having a hard time with a breakup where I ran a red light on my way to work and then I almost got hit by a car when I was walking across the street and I was like I don't think I'm dealing with this well these aren't usually actions that I do on accident so I'm gonna go talk to somebody and I did and it didn't seem like that much work however I'm an open book I'll talk about anything I can talk about my feelings all day but just going to talk to somebody for a week, you saw me, you were around in 2016. Like I wasn't doing so hot. And then over the spring and like into the summer, I was able to like figure out my goals, see what my bad patterns were and try to work on what kind of human I wanted to be next, like in time. Mm -hmm. So I just hope that people rethink what therapy is based on what they see on tv just like watching the crown doesn't make you a scholar on what (laughs) happened to the royal family that's not yeah it's all sensationalized and everything is to move the plot forward it's all entertainment that's not what you see on tv isn't always what good therapy looks like yeah I think it's it's very often not what good therapy looks like which is unfortunate but I, I think maybe a part of that comes from writers who either haven't been in therapy or had bad experiences or whatever it is. Like people, people writing the therapist from a viewpoint where they don't really understand the role of a therapist and what right. should happen. And and I'm not saying that there's that all therapists out there are good. Like there are some bad examples of therapy. Like we know, yes, but like like we know some people who've had tough times with other therapists and it can be really hard to go back to someone else if your initial experience is bad therapy is like dating if you don't like one you can just say this isn't working out for me I think I want to try somebody else and the thing is they'll know the therapists in the area they might be able to help you yeah their feelings are not going to be hurt like yes. you have a right to do that if you feel like a doctor isn't meeting like a, a medical doctor isn't meeting your medical needs you have the right to request a different doctor and you also have that right in therapy you don't have to stick with the first person you go to and like hey maybe you might end up switching therapists and then realizing like oh I just didn't like what they were telling me or maybe you might switch therapists and realize oh they weren't really doing what they needed to do to help right. me right so. um so bad therapy looks like you feel like you're therapizing them where they're telling you a little bit too much about their lives. There should be a level of like, there should be a boundary. Like it should almost be like, you should know the least amount about me so that we can focus on you. Like if you, like with the, the vet or the addict thing, if you need to know stuff about me to trust me, I'll have to assess if that's important information to tell you. But like, I, that's that's like it's not not quite word for word but that's basically paraphrasing like what my therapist told me which was like like I'm okay with telling people stuff about myself like you can ask whatever you want I might choose not to tell you but you know if, if there's things you want to know there's a lot of things I am willing to tell you about my life right and 
to be honest, I didn't ask that much because like, yeah, that's not what I, that, that's, that's just not like what I needed from her. And she yeah. mostly only told me things that were completely related to what I was talking about at the time. Like if I felt like, it's just a small example, if I felt like, um, like Chris and I were both working full time at that time. And I felt like he didn't do enough for the cleaning or whatever, you know, yeah. and she was like, try And she was like, oh, okay, well, I had this issue in my household and this is what we did. We wrote down what each person was doing mm-hmm. so that you could see actually, okay, this is what's happening. And then your partner can see, oh, you're doing way more than I thought you were. And yeah. I need to take some of that off your list. You know, like right. just a really useful thing like that. But she wasn't constantly talking about herself. Right. <laughs> and, and that would have been weird. I I had a real problem. It wasn't a problem. But before we started talking about me, I would be like, how are you? Like, how's your life? And she goes, I'm good. Thanks for asking. <laughs> We're this not here to talk about me. And I was like, I don't like, but I feel weird. <laughs> and you don't have to, that's their job. You're literally yeah. paying them to help you with your life and your feelings. So like, and I feel like that can't be overstated enough. Like a therapist really is just there to talk about your things, your feelings, like yeah. that, that therapy hour is yours to talk about that. So if you're choosing not to, that's not you helping talk, anyone. You can talk shit the whole time about everybody in your life. You can say the most terrible things you've ever said, and no one's going to know <laughs> because yeah. they're not allowed to tell anybody. And it's a way for you to tell somebody about it and get it out of your system and literally get it out of your body without or you're like figuring out how to talk to somebody about something that's upsetting you in your life. Like you can practice, you can get it out. And, and a lot of times what happens in therapy for me is I'll be talking and I figure it out while I'm talking. I'm like, Oh wait, that could be a thing. Like there's sometimes where my therapist wouldn't even have to do anything. It was just the, the act of talking to somebody about it made it better for me because I wasn't just in my own head giving you know making self-fulfilling prophecies and just like telling myself the same story over and over again and it just kind of like I got to step back into reality that was not just my reality yeah I I think one of the tendencies that I had that I still have I mean is that if I'm having an issue with something whatever and I'm verbalizing it even if I realize that it's coming out that it doesn't sound as great coming out loud as, as it did in my head and I'm like mm-hmm. oh maybe this isn't what I'm making it out to be maybe right. part of this is the way that I'm taking it etc like I felt like therapy really helped me not like double down in the way that I would before where it's like you know before like you you'd be like I realize I'm sounding kind of silly but I'm also really upset so I'm going to make a reason that this all works out and I'm just gonna yeah. keep pushing through whereas if you talk to your therapist about something you're like oh, maybe that wasn't as big a deal or maybe the issue was really this or maybe I can come at it from a different perspective. And I feel like I learned then how to, even now when I have these conversations, like if I'm upset at my husband for something, I can be, I could be talking halfway through and then be like, wait, that's not fair. You know? <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is a really nice thing to be able to do, I think for me probably and for him because yes. then I can diffuse myself and be like, oh, okay, no, I... I, I was putting my feelings about something on to someone else and making that yeah. part of like their reason for doing what they do. And that's not true. It can also work on the other end of the spectrum where all of a sudden you can be like, wait, 
was that like bad was that a bad thing that happened to me is that affecting me today and they could be like yeah like you're you're unpacking a lot of stuff right now and that's okay and the thing about therapy is like Rosie was saying like it can be something that you go back to it doesn't have to be something that you do all the time it can just be a tool that you use when you need it but it's also one of the things where you're in therapy you it can go in like peaks and valleys where you can talk about stuff that's kind of mundane and just like your day-to-day struggles or you can be and part of that could be unpacking something that's really big and you can take as long as you want to get to the big stuff you don't have to dive into like your big t trauma immediately you can talk about the little t trauma and yeah. you you can just talk about it. therapists want to hear about good stuff too yeah you know it and doesn't you're, you're have not to gonna be, like get like graded down for not doing right. it right <laughs> you you can talk about whatever you want you know you, you, I've talked to my therapist about money. I've talked to her about my trauma. I've talked about like relationship stuff. I've talked about friends. Um, I, I talked to her about what it was like to be an MSW. Cause I was like, yo, I think I'm going to school for this now. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, therapists are really there for whatever you need. So if anybody's thinking about it, 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 if you feel like this is something you want to explore. It can't hurt, but yeah. if you're really against it, now's probably not the time to go. And, and also it's totally fine to think about why you're against it. And if part of that reason is you don't like what you've seen, but then you realize that what you've seen has been in the media, just yeah. know that that's not necessarily the truth. And a lot of the time, a lot of the time, it's not really the truth. A lot of the time it's made it's made in such a way that it's pushing the story forward much more quickly than it normally would be, mm-hmm. or it's just not well written. Also, the time, that's it. I knew two things. I knew a lot of people in college who were made to go to therapy as kids, and they were like, I'm never going back to therapy again. That was a terrible experience, which is really too bad. That really sucks for them Aww. that that was their first experience with it, that somebody, an adult in their life made them go. Um, and I also would like to address our privilege because uh, our insurance is covered therapy. So yeah. um, it is definitely a privilege to be able to go and shop around for a good therapist. Not everybody has that I, okay. option. I, I will say when I, when I did therapy, I did not have insurance. Oh, okay. Um, so I actually did go to a place that it, like, I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't actually recall exactly how it works, um, but for, okay, maybe I, I think I had insurance for part of the time, but it wasn't for all the time. There was some time I wasn't covered, but I qualified partially because of a low income status and partially because I like what, what's the test that they give you that every time I always forget what the name of the, the test intake is, assessment yeah the intake assessment there's some <laughs> like there's a, an abbreviation that's like letters and numbers or something but okay um but yeah there, there's like some intake assessment that they give you and if you had scored a, a certain number at least in the state of Pennsylvania or the county of Erie I can't remember which um then you could qualify for like lower rates of therapy so I ended up paying like 
$40 a session, which still is out of reach for a lot of people. But for me, that was doable. Right. So I, so like, yeah, it, I am privileged in that I was able to afford that. But there are some low income situations where you can get either reduced or possibly no cost therapy, but I don't know about the no cost. I know about low cost. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things that um, there are resources for, but they're not widely known resources. So just if you're feeling like it. But you, you always have the right to go to a place and ask about it. Yeah. Like that's like, that was, I was really concerned about it when they were doing my intake Um, and they kept telling me not to worry about it. And I was like, don't tell me not to worry about it. Tell me why I don't need to worry about it. Tell me what's going on. (laughs) So then they were like, okay, well, because your income is below X, you qualify for blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. And your depression is above X. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, your income is below this and your depression is above this. So we're, we're not going to charge you too much because you clearly need this. <laughs> you need our help. <laughs> yeah. So just keep in mind that therapy is whatever you make it. And sometimes therapy and media is just to move the story along, not to show what actual therapy looks like. Yeah. I don't know. I think my shout out is going to be uh, to Dicks for Good. As pre- oh, wait, I have another one. Hold on. It's on Instagram. They found dicks for good and it's 412 rescue and they put little ceramic dicks all over the city of Pittsburgh. So I'm going to shout out to <laughs> 412 dick rescue or whatever. I'm going to look it up what exactly it is so I can get it correct. Um, speaking of dicks for good, uh, our, it was a while back and I told Hope about this little it here as well because it was just kind of a funny anecdote so my our internet was really messed up um at some point and we didn't know what was causing it we had to have someone from spectrum come out it turned out that it like it had been disconnected at the box which we couldn't have fixed anyway and was probably because it's probably because of another spectrum employee fucked up honestly mm-hmm. but so this guy came out and he was working on stuff and when he was wrapping things up he was up here in the office with me and was checking our internet to make sure everything's working out taking a couple of minutes and he just looks around the room and then I see him look at my laptop and for anyone who doesn't know this which is probably everyone except hope um (laughs) I I have dicks for good stickers all over my it is covered covered There's, I think there's one sticker on there that's not a Dicks for Good sticker, but I was like, where can I put these? Because I like, <laughs> I like stickers. I like putting stickers on things, but I wanted to put them in a place where it's like all in one so I can hide it mm-hmm. <laughs> if I need to. But I completely forgot they were there. This guy is just looking over at them and he goes, are those all wieners? <laughs> I was like, yes, they are. And then I was like, so the they're reason, charity wieners. <laughs> I was like, so the reason I have these, like the money goes to, to charity, like this is why it's better, blah, blah, blah. And like, he actually asked for the company name because he's like, I might have to get some of those for some people. So you know what? If you get the Dicks for Good stickers and you accidentally display them to a complete stranger, they might think it's really funny and want to buy some more and that money will go to yeah. charity. So yay. <laughs> yeah it's called 412 dick rescue and it's another quarantine started project where he just made a bunch of ceramic dicks and is now taking pictures of them around the city so shout out to 412 dick rescue another dick centric <laughs> quarantine project in pittsburgh <laughs> all right just all right. well i'm i'm gonna shout out to ted lasso also because oh yeah i think it's it's a real good show and they they seem to actually 
have they, they, it seems to be important to them to show therapy as a good and helpful thing but to also show it in a way that's a little more honest than a lot of shows and tv or sorry, tv shows and movies have i would also recommend reading anything Brene brown has written <laughs> she's my queen she's a social worker watch her on her netflix it's not stand-up it's just kind of her talking yeah i would watch that she's she a podcast very, as well she's very smart and she's one of three girls so i implicitly trust her <laughs> all right well all right well yep i think that's all we've got and therapy is good and as always i am rosie and facts matter i'm hope now that you know better be better Bye. Bye.